Welcome back, y'all, to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. That's like the first time I've done that intro, like, off the cusp, because I've just automated it. Oh, really? So we're, we're getting the live in-person version. Yeah, so y'all, I am here at, what do you call it, the, the Gene Wingate Memorial Studio. I'm working again with my brother, working on a podcast, and we actually had an interesting phenomenon happen. Last episode, we actually talked about UFOs, and I am here to tell you, today, as we were hanging out in the pool, we saw unidentified flying objects. Isaac, tell us about it. Well, Zach, I'm glad you asked because we were minding our own business, enjoying the sultry temperatures of the saltwater pool, and we looked up only to see something in the sky that was a solid object. It was not flashing, and it was moving at a very high rate of speed and a very high altitude. Not just one object, though. Mm Mm-hmm. How many do you think we saw? It was multitude. It was probably it was a lot. It was probably around. It seemed like eight or nine. Now, yep. what's really interesting about this is well, we'll get more into detail. But when we talk about UFOs, I think sometimes what the listeners have to understand is we grow up with our father. And if you guys haven't heard podcasts prior, our father actually seen UFOs, and he kind of he cued us in at a young age to tell us how to identify them. You know, actually. They're what do you not, mean? He taught you how to like that's 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 what a UFO is and that's what isn't. Well, he kind of gave us he gave me like a, he gave me a crash course being like if it's blinking it's not. Yeah, if yeah. It's moving at this speed more than likely it's a UFO. But it was the fact that as a child you had a conversation with your father being like there's UFOs and this is the scale in which you need to identify it at. Yeah, he used to say if it's not blinking if it's a solid light that is not a normal aircraft because they're required to have blinking lights as they fly across the sky. Mm-hmm. And so if you see something solid, that's not, you know, case in point or, uh, in, in, you know, case closed a UFO, but that is something that you would look at more closely for yeah. sure. And it's like whenever you're looking at UFOs, now we have so much top, uh, technology at our fingertips, we can determine what it is that was flying over us. Now, how we know it's UFOs is a really important question. We're not just saying that we saw blinking lights. We're like, oh, we think that's UFOs. We actually you mean solid lights. Solid lights. What we did is Isaac or Ike is able to pull up the information <laughs> on his phone and determine that there was no flight, plat- flight paths at that time. And, and additionally, we're able to determine that there was no satellites flying over at that moment. Now, just a point of clarification or disclosure. Sometimes there are aircraft that do not report. So it may be a military aircraft or something like that. And they are not, they do not show up on, say, the Flight 24 radar app that I use. However, the reason why we say that these were ufos is one they were a solid light the entire time but more than that it was the speed at which they were moving and the altitude we sort of compared it from a relative standpoint to other aircraft that we saw flying at the same time and i pulled up a commercial flight 
that was at 30,000 feet at around 500 miles per hour. And these were far higher than those than that craft and far faster. So, you know, we're doing some in the pool estimations. And, in the pool math. Yeah, in the pool math going, that has to be, you, you would think, 60,000 feet. And, I mean, it was more than double the speed of the commercial aircraft. And then you're looking at a higher altitude, which you would think it would move slower. And we thought... 1,500 miles per hour, maybe 2,000 miles per hour at 60,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And really what you have to understand is like, if we're going to put you through that so you guys can have a visualization, I mean, it's almost like you're sitting there and these little dots, they're like orbs, you know, and they're moving incredibly quickly. They're covering the circumference of the sky probably less than two minutes. And it's a little dot. And we saw one and we're like, huh, we kind of pointed out in conversation like, that's kind of crazy. Now, the reason why we're actually podcasting about it is it went on for about an hour and they were going at different speeds faster. And the thing is, is Ike actually did some math and what he determined if it was going around 1500 to 2000 miles an hour, it could go around the earth in maybe 12 minutes. Right. Yeah. That we, uh, 2000 miles per hour at, uh, at the 25,000 miles around the circumference of the earth. And that's, if you were going around the equator, which we're not at the equator, and we observed seven or eight different objects. We can't really say that they're different objects. It could be three or four that moved all the way around the Earth. I don't know, mm -hmm. but the speed, it, it you first look at it and think it is a falling star mm -hmm. because it's that solid, bright light moving, but it was so much higher than a star, mm -hmm. a falling star. Yeah, and, and if people are saying, you know, well, was it a satellite? Like we said, we pulled it up and actually we're seeing the trajectory, the circumference of where satellites are currently at this moment. And they're going to be flying close to Calgary, Canada, not even in the vicinity of Arkansas. So it really gives you a concept of being like, what are these? Now, what's so interesting about this topic is now we're facing a transition point because the DOD has literally come out saying TikTok, TikToks, are coming out. You have UFOs, UAPs, UAPs, and there's committee hearings happening. So in this moment, we can generally look at those and say the DOD, the Department of Defense, Defense has indicated these are in fact real. So we're looking at a whole different situation and scenario. So whenever we start to look at this, we're looking at it with a different lens. And what was so interesting about these UFOs is they, uh, the majority of them, all of them were going left to right or up and down or to the side. We had none of them going from um, right to left. You know, we had a certain type of path well, or flight. So, so it, in reference of direction, it's going to be from west to east. Okay, west to east. West to east. There may have been a little bit of southwest to northeast on one of them, but most of them were straight east to west overhead. And some people might say, well, where's the proof? So I tried to use my phone to capture it, and it was so high up that, you know, the iPhone 14 or 13 or whatever I have just couldn't capture it. Mm -hmm. And we'll go back and look at some of the images. I tried to take some pictures. We might be able to see a faint, you know, faint evidence of the object's in the still pictures, but the video would not capture it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. 
And that, and you know, it's what's really interesting is it kind of reminded me of this situation. So, my wife and I took a trip to Sedona, Arizona, and Sedona is a very interesting place. A lot of people call it a vortex. I don't, you know, say what you will, but we went there just because we wanted to experience, just to see what it was, because it's gorgeous. It's kind of nestled in Arizona, and one of the things we did randomly enough was a UFO tour. They're actually they're actually pretty. Um, popular there and what's so interesting about these UFO tours is they give you the flight line of all of the aircraft they give you the flight line of all the UFOs now what they do is they give you um, night vision goggles NVGs so where you can look up and actually see them and track them Wow! and it reminded me of the same frequency but without those night vision goggles it gets really hard to actually see it with the naked eye so when you say frequency, you're talking about the speed at which they were moving. The speed and how many. So whenever you look, when we looked out through the pool tonight, the frequency was so much that you could literally lay there and spot one within that hour, relatively within um, 10 minute sequences. So it was like, yeah. you know, so that that there indicates something that there was something going on that that is not explainable via flight path or satellite data. Yeah, I think when I you know, reflect on it. And by the way, this just happened, you know, within the last half hour, by the way. And uh, thankfully, we had this state-of-the-art studio nearby. Uh, but I think that, I mean, what? how much time... Now, we would typically... A lot of times, you were the one that would identify them initially. But from the time that they were straight overhead in the sky to being out of sight, I mean, was about 60 seconds, maybe. No more. 30 seconds, yeah, to a minute. And, you know, that that's showing that, showing that it was really high up because maybe a plane flying across the sky probably would take, it'd take longer. You know, the, it would take probably about a minute and a half to two minutes. So, you know, whenever we're looking at it through that aspect, that speed, now, once again, you know, I keep reiterating this point. It's not one, it's not two, it's eight. It's multiple ones flying, and it really makes you wonder. Now, as we, like, there's some theories of what this could be. I've been tracking this for a while, and that's where it gets interesting, because let's say we get past the point in conversation to say that it is a UFO. Mm -hmm. And then the real question is, what are they doing? Because... You know, right now we're kind of in this state where we're just trying to determine if they're real. But the next the next sequence of questions is why would this be on Earth? Is it actually really part of a DOD program? Is it extraterrestrial? You know, that's really the question I think is the next step yeah. in how we process this. Yeah, I mean, as we were witnessing them go by, I'm thinking, okay, how do we, you know, is, is there a logical explanation for what this is? You know, could it be a military craft? But the fact that it was so high up and moving so fast and the the amount of different objects that we saw made you go, okay, this this isn't like, you know, I don't know, three or four planes in sequence going to the same place. They were not on the exact same path and they weren't going to the same place, but they had the... I think every one of them had the same look as far as how high up they were and how large they were and the fact that it was a constant glow mm -hmm. uh, throughout the sky, which was interesting that they... It, I mean, it, I don't think you can make the case that it was one object. I don't think. 
unless it was making drastic turns once it got below the horizon and we couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we never saw, did we ever really see more than one at a time simultaneously? We did. We saw a couple. We saw different speeds. There was one okay. moment where we saw one moving faster Yeah. and one was moving actually slower. So the thing that probably, if, there, if we were differentiating what they were, the only indicator we could have determined is speed or velocity. That's really it. Yeah. Um, because they look so consistent, and some of them were smaller, and some of them were bigger. Now, it brings up a larger question. Like, and for me, I've disclosed on this podcast before. I've seen UFOs before. I've talked about a situation that happened to me in South Dakota, Wall Drug, South Dakota. And while you were on drugs, is that what you said? No, I was not on drugs. I was sober. Where did you say it was in South Dakota? It's called Wall Drug, oh, South Wall Dakota. Drug. Okay. I, was, I was, I was on drugs. <laughs> and I, the, um, no, the, there is validity within this story. So. Whenever we look at it from this standpoint, you know, there's there's the working theory it could be man-made. Now, I, I kind of go in a deep end where I'm like, if this is UFOs, extraterrestrials, the DOD has re- released a report. It was actually a draft not too long ago that was talking about there could potentially be a mothership within our galaxy. And these, in fact, could be probes. So they are unmanned. And there's no one really in them. And their probes, potentially, maybe they're taking flight data. They're doing some type of analysis. I don't really know. But I'm, I'm pushing the realm of my imagination so there is some type of why. So are they able to pinpoint the location of this mothership? Because if it's a mothership by, you know, the, the term, you would think it's a large enough craft that it is something that they're able to pinpoint specifically the the location of it. So it's a working theory. So the Politico actually produced this article back in August 14th, 2023. And the headline reads, Wait a minute, we haven't even, we haven't even gotten to August 23rd, 23rd. I'm sorry, April. I had a little moment. April. Okay. All right. I'm just, if you see the future and you're telling us what the future is. The future (laughs) by Coca-Cola stock. No. Okay. So if you look at the alien mothership, Pentagon's official, I can't even read right now, floats are theories of unexplained sightings. So this is a theory that they're potentially working on. The draft document came out March 3rd. So this draft document is indicating that that what we witness could be unmanned. um, It could be part of a larger ship, you know, and which is insane. I mean, this is this is something that Harvard was working on. So they call them probes. These aren't the probes that people say. That claim that uh, that has, probe them. They've been probed. I don't know. I cannot. I can nor confirm or they deny. They seem those. like they seem like large objects for a probe. But so if we put it in this, in the, let's say, let's say hypothetically going up sixty thousand feet, no pun intended. We look at the fact because the probes are at sixty thousand feet. Are they really? No, but that's what was the, that was a speculation. That's what was in that article. No, they don't have that. They don't have that. I'd have to read. It's, a, it's okay. Like a, all right. Well, I was going to say if they literally said it was at sixty thousand, and we were estimating, guesstimating, really, uh, that would be something. Okay, but. for the sake of of guesstimation, I have it here. It's a it's a six page report. It's dense. I've read okay. it before, and I actually did a podcast on it. But what was interesting about the whole concept of it is it's an explanation. And okay. if we do think about it in those terms, if there is a mothership or if they are sending probes to look at Earth, it provides some insight from like a research standpoint. Are they testing it? What is their intention? You know, that that's a working theory. Yeah. 
that the DOD has put in a draft. So a government organization set up specifically for UFOs. It makes you wonder. I mean, so just for clarification purposes, it is nighttime here and it is, uh, you know, now after 11 o'clock. So this would have been between, you know, 10 and 11 p.m. It is nighttime. So they're up there collecting flight data at nighttime. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, and this is the all-domain um, aerial resource office arrow. I mean, if they are collecting flight time at day at night, we don't know. We don't know what would be. We don't know. They could be doing it in the day. We're not able to determine what they do in day because we can't see it. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you could have seen this object in the daytime because even when lights from the house, because we actually had lights turned off in the house to be able to see it a little bit better. Of course, we're out on some acreage here, so we don't have as many of the city lights around. But uh, at times, it was difficult to see it if you didn't know exactly where it was, Mm -hmm. if there was too much light interference. So I don't see how you could even see it in the daytime. Yeah, and it really brings up the simple point is how often are you looking at the sky at night? You know, it's like the majority of the time, like, you know, not everyone is staring directly at the sky. We just happen to be looking at it because we were in the pool. So it kind of allows that vantage point. But if it is a probe, it provides insight into say what they're doing. Now, another theory, you know, and this is a theory that I've been working on and it's kind of outlandish. But let's say these 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 um these aircraft are using some type of gravity matter. You know, they obviously have to manipulate gravity around them. And we don't know how that's conducting or creating fuel. So it makes you wonder if flying in an atmosphere with gravity, does that contribute to the UFO spaceship at all? Is it creating energy so they can go maybe to the next stop? Is Earth some type of, you know, yeah, like like energy stop? You know, that's, that's kind of a theory where it would be like, because the real question is if it is UFOs, you have to start thinking about, then why are they here and why would they be flying so far up, you know? Yeah. I've, yeah, I've heard multiple theories on these particular objects specifically being, you know, part of a, you know, sort of black ops, for lack of a better term, you know, area of our government that even high up officials aren't even aware of that have been, uh, you know, conducting this kind of research and development for the last 60 years. And in and some other theories are that we didn't start seeing sightings until after we dropped the atomic bomb and it therefore disrupted the space-time continuum yeah and then 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 we saw sightings of objects you know coming to our you know atmosphere and trying to check things out and there were a lot of sightings around you know nuclear uh, weapons facilities yeah and i don't know if i really buy the nuclear weapon um theory because that's not true i've literally stated on podcasts the first UFO um, sighting actually happened in Pennsylvania on record. And it was an individual who was actually canoeing. And he came here from the old world. He came here from England. I think he was a Quaker. And he describes literally the same experience that a lot of people describe today. He was on a canoe. He saw this strange object with a green light. He saw it and it felt like time passed. And then he was floating further down the river. So... Whenever I did the podcast on it and I looked at the information, what the only thing that stood out to me as potentially being like valid is the fact that that the tale is so consistent with what other people might say for abductions. But then again, you know, when we approach this conversation, I always approach it with with a grain of salt because 
I can't de- determine what it is or isn't, but what I can do is just have a curious mind as when I think about it. What, what, what year was this canoe sighting? Man, I'd have to look through my... So why do you say that the, that the sightings around nuclear weapon, not to say that there hasn't been a, I guess the frequency, and I'm not defending the theory, I'm just clarifying it, um, and that is that we saw these sightings with more consistency and regularity uh, after the atomic bomb was dropped in the 40s, and we saw a concentration around these nuclear uh, nuclear weapons facilities, and that's that's what the theory is that it, it kind of goes back to, you know, some beings from a different, you know, civilization or galaxy or whatever, trying to figure out, you know, what happened and is it going to happen again, you know, as it relates to this uh, object that was dropped that disrupted you know, the space-time continuum or whatever. I mean, it's a great theory. I mean, if we're thinking about it, you know, they're really probably the best The best way to really to talk about it is the simple fact that maybe UFOs are like, wow, these people have nuclear weapons now, and this is potentially fatal. So is there is there a need to interject? I don't think it opened anything up. I think that, you know, that could be the question, but I think that, you know, this is, you know, I think UFO sightings have been going on for a really long time. You know, and this sighting that I'm talking about right now is back in 1639. Oh, wow. So when we look at this sighting, it took place in September of 19 to 20 of 16, um, nine, 19, I'm sorry, 1639. They had uh, drugs back then, though, didn't they? I mean, possibly, but the name here is George, uh, John Withrub who wrote a diary from the 17th century talking about this strange occurrence. So it actually happened in March 1st of 1639, describing mystery lights and witnessing it also by James Everell, the two others. So that's what I'm saying, is I feel like um, what happened is tracking information probably transitioned after dropping the nuclear bomb because it would have been 1945. So you're going to have different points of creating better data, you're going to have different indications and the technology is going to increase. And you also have the founding of the Air Force. So those things could be contributing factors. Sure. You, know? you only had the Army at that point, And when you have an Air Force, you have a transition and mission that's focusing on air power. Yeah. Well, so then that would lend itself to the theory that it is our own government or the, you know, uh, a, a human government that is behind it. Yeah, it could be potential test sites happening in the Arizona, New Mexico area. Maybe um, that's where they think the ships are being tested and bodies are being potentially tested in Ohio. And there was another bodies, bodies. If there is extraterrestrial bodies, and there was another oh. report that came out not too long ago saying that it was actually happening also in Maryland at Fort Detrick. So I did another <laughs> podcast on that, talking about the anatomy. And one consistency you get on that to get a little bit off path is another can another point that keeps happening with the UFOs bodies is the smell. People say it's something like ammonia and sulfur put together. Hmm. And in the report on Reddit, that's what they said. But we don't know now how much of it is valid or if people are just putting stuff in chat GPT and like putting crazy <laughs> stuff on Reddit. Yeah. Well, to clarify, these sightings were over the northwest Arkansas region which is not a stranger historically to 
UFO sightings. Uh, but since this is such fresh information from right here on the ground, uh, we don't know if anyone else has seen it. We don't know if there's any other chatter online or if it's an, you know, something that's maybe going on all the time but nobody notices unless they're staring up at the sky or if it's uh, you know, a one-off situation that other people witnessed and you know, we can corroborate uh, what we're seeing with maybe what other people are seeing. Yeah, and if we're looking at it um, from this standpoint, it's like what we have to understand is, I keep saying understand. I mean, I'm sorry, listeners. I have this, I'm sure you guys have noticed, I get like stuck on a word and I can't break it out of my What cycle. you have to understand <laughs> is, is... Is what are we currently, what sky are we looking at? Where is it facing? You know, yeah. as, as, you know, the Earth... He's not the center of the galaxy. I know we all, you know, we, we, we kind of forget that sometimes. But in different moments, you know, the Earth is going to be looking at different vantage points of the galaxy. And we don't know if that's offering different. Maybe it's a situation where it's just perfect timing. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting to see if any additional news comes out about other people seeing what we saw. It wasn't just you. It wasn't just me. It was also my wife. Uh, that witnessed it as well, and my son, I believe, as well. Yeah, I mean, your son witnessed it, and he was a little bit more hesitant. But your 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 wife saw it; she identified it with us, and we were spotting it together. So you have three to three and a half people saying that they saw something. <laughs> I think I got probed. That they cannot. <laughs> I was really hungry after wishing. Yes, I was too, actually. So. But, but the thing is, is now you have three, and there's proof that we saw it. We know what we saw with our eyes. We looked at the data, and in fact, we can say definitely that we did see a UFO. We had a UFO experience. I think so. I think so. I mean, unless there's some logical explanation like it was a weather balloon. <laughs> uh, we can, Now, we definitively, the thing is we can't say now is it is it is it extraterrestrial. That's right. kind of where we're at. We're in this weird gap of... We know it's not um, from our traditional government, military, commercial apparatus. It wasn't adhering to normal FAA regulations. And it's like makes you wonder what they saw. Because, like, you know, you don't know what they're seeing on the radar. If we're able to see with our naked eye, are they able to see within the radar? But Yeah, that's a good question. You know, you don't know because after the whole Pico balloon situation. Right. And you looked at what happened with the Chinese weather balloon and how they had to re-engage the... Um, system or yeah. the radar in in um norad mm -hmm. you don't know because it's like would you not scramble f-16s in that situation to determine what it is is that not being picked up by the radar system because we can only pick it up with our naked eye like these are the questions and if it is man-made if it is a dod program then would that be blacked out so they couldn't identify it so that's another question too yeah it really is i'm uh now curious of uh you know is there a way to see what NORAD, probably not. We can see the Santa tracker yeah, you from can NORAD, see Santa but that's Claus, about it. And that's probably the only thing they're going to give you. But, you know, that that is the reality. And um, I think whenever, you know, you, we approach these situations, if you have sightings, I think keep looking up, trying to understand it, trying to determine what it is. We could be, in our generation, we don't know if we're going to get disclosure. We don't know if there's going to be a moment where definitively we can say what that actually was. But it seems closer than ever. Yeah, you know? th there is definitely a, you know, a closer level to transparency, at least, 
where you know Congress passed a law last year where pilots are now able to disclose these kind of sightings you know without the you know fear of ramifications and they're you know s- similar to a whistleblower type law for these sightings and to be able to come forward when they see things which is part of the reason why we are hearing more about it mm-hmm. yeah there, and there's not this um stigma attached to it you know yeah. people can talk about it now we have so much information that people are going to think you're crazy so you know i think in concluding you know if we are looking at this situation we know in fact that it was more than likely an unidentified object and in all reality you know just stay looking up if you are at a point where you want to see a ufo you've never seen one you want to experience you have to be environments where you can see the night sky for a certain period of time, you know, and that's, that's really what's going to open it up. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, yeah, so if you're in a place where you can see the actual stars in the sky, then it would be beneficial to just uh, gaze upon the stars. Just, just have a casual gaze. You never know what you're going to find, you know, and obviously in this situation, we'll probably talk about it for years, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy we were able to be able to do a podcast on it. And we experienced that it's something really, truly unique. Absolutely. I wouldn't want to see a UFO with anybody else, Zachary. Yeah, that's true, especially because we just did a UFO podcast. But if it's staying at 60,000 feet, I'm okay with that, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.